Oh. Don't bang the table, Sam. Yeah, move the whole camera. Hey, Sam, you were saying earlier that you just barely made it. You almost ran out of gas. Is that right? Yep. Yes. The gas, the, um, my car has a distance to empty. Mm -hmm. This is kind of... Are you comfortable yet? I'm just, we're not in a frame here. Okay. My, my car has a distance to empty meter. Yes. And um, it said, like at one point it said five. I was almost in Walkerton at that point, but it was really, it said 20 when I left. Wow. But it was going down faster than I was traveling. So like, you know, not every kilometer, but like every half kilometer is going down a kilometer, that kind of thing. But they're not very precise, as we were saying. But oh, by the I way, did make it. speaking of negative things that are happening, another complaint about, this time about you again, I have to admit, I'm not going to say who, because Adam, it's not your fault. Oh, so it is Adam? No. Well, then why is it not Adam's fault? About the last time that he was banned. No, that was his fault. He, he made a complaint. Yeah, fine, but it actually wasn't. Here's the complaint, Sam. See, normally when you get complaints on it, when we shows get a complaint, we keep, we keep the user anonymous. Not in our show. Not in our show. In Definitely our show, not. we shame <laughs> no, the user true. that true. gave the complaint. All right. You're, you're actually a good point. I'll say who it is then. The only good feedback will remain anonymous. <laughs> Any bad feedback will be, I just, will be shamed. I just remember Darcy of Darcy and Alicia comment, commenting on how we are like the grumpy old men. Mm, yeah. That's true. Kind of are. You're pretty, you're pretty grumpy. I can be really grumpy. That's my I'm actually family. quite grumpy this morning. Yeah. I, slept I didn't say the complaint yet. Didn't have a good prayer time. We, we were talking about that a few weeks ago, though. That means you had a prayer time. My prayer time, sir. Yeah. Hopelessly sad and dismal. But you had a prayer time. So here's a, can I tell a funny story? Oh, wait, you tell me the complaint first. The complaint is that it seems like every episode you just suddenly leave and come back. And it's disconcerting or unsettling. Why, why do people, why, why do you find viewers. that disconcerting? Why, why would somebody find it disconcerting? That it's just a complaint. They don't like it. But why? We're trying to make people happy. What's the reason? Are We're we? not trying to make people happy. I am. We're trying to make you uncomfortable. It's our vision statement. Oh, right. Driven out of our comfort zones. So if you're comfortable. We're not doing our job. He's just, he's just leaving. I was going to make a sound effect as if he's going to close the door. And he's actually, gonna, it's a terrible sound effect. <laughs> It's none of your business why I leave, okay? Maybe I have pressing matters. I'm kind of a big deal around here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you haven't had an office for like over a year now? <laughs> yes, that's why I'm homeless. Well, in work, in work world. In work, I'm homeless in work world. I have yeah. no, I have no permanent um, place to lay your head. I was gonna say place to lay my head, but doesn't the, the yeah, no, the uh, doesn't fit. Metaphor doesn't fit. Place to put your place to put my stuff. Stuff and mm -hmm. to sit wherever I want. I, I can I can use this room as an office, but only if no one else is using it, which is like twice a week. Use, yeah, twice a week. It's not in use. Hey, uh, it's funny. Tie in. Cheers. Thanks for the coffee. Sam did bring me coffee. Cheers. Ran out of gas, but he brought me coffee. Um, oh, I was going to tell you a story. Oh, but oh. about how about my prayer life? Oh so, yeah, sure. Last night um, at our family prayer time. We read about St. Albert the Great, mm. and um, he's a, he was, it was kind of a, like a short little write-up that they gave mm -hmm. in my iBreviary app. I didn't say much, but it did say that he was into like the sciences. The kids really liked that. The kids yeah. like science. They like biology and all that stuff. He was like a master of those things for his time. And interestingly, he was, the, the, he was one of Thomas Aquinas' teachers. Thomas Aquinas' main Thomas teacher. Aquinas is a, is, a, is a big deal. Yeah, in the Catholic Catholic Church, he's uh, 
probably one of the most famous Catholic academics. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. Sure. So this is this is the guy that taught Thomas Aquinas. Right. Not only taught him, but I think obviously had a major impact on his, mm -hmm. probably on his spirit, his life, right? Yep. Um, other than like his formation. You might argue that, well, I, I think it's true that saints cause other people to become saints, right? They like spreads. Sure. And so then I forget where we're, anyway, we're, I was saying like he was, he was really learning and all these things. He was probably really holy too. And um, in August, who's uh, nine, he was like, you mean like you, dad? And I was like, you know what? When kids say stuff like that, especially your own kids, it could be kind of funny. But did you did you feel like a sense of like I have to live up to that now? Oh, it just made me feel terrible. I was like, if only that were true. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you because I do know you. And oh, there was just like uh, well, I was like, well, I'm working on it. Basically, sure. <laughs> it's like a work in progress. I like that work in progress. Was, I just thought it was funny. It is I don't. I don't forget what made us think of that. But made think you are not that. a great scientist, but you do know a lot of stuff. Well, I would say that you know a lot of stuff about science, and you're as holy, you know, it's kind of holy work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's something that that phrase "work in progress" applies to everybody. Yeah, no matter where you are, no matter what you're like, no matter what you've done or not done, you're a work in progress, which kind of refers in ties ties into the passage we're going to look at today. For instance, there you go, a man of great skill. Most people can't do that. I can't. I just, I can't I just saved Charles's life. From a deadly fly. You could have caught a disease. I did catch could a disease more than once in my life. How about most of us have? Hey, um, we're going to talk about when Jesus was crucified, so it's, it's a serious moment. Is it? I don't think you should have said that. Um, oh, that Jesus. Oh. Anyone being crucified would be serious. Yeah. So there are three people being crucified. Yes, thanks to our complainant for this morning, and you. <gasps> complainant was the one who said you should watch Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. I forget who that was. Okay. Oh, Mark. Your brother? Mark McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> says last Public day. shaming. Admonish. Admonish. We, get we, need, the... we need a shame button where it says shame. And it like blood drips down. I, I would like that. Just like down across yeah. the frame yeah, yeah, and the yeah. word shame just appears. I don't work on that. That's coming up next week. Okay. We're going to shame someone shame. every week. Can we shame someone every week? Yeah. Let's work on that. That'd be fun. That's what Christians should be doing. Right. <laughs> maybe, no? maybe we should have a mercy button, but just never use it. <laughs> It'll like God and you and me, perhaps. <laughs> No, God uses the mercy button. Okay, fine. We're we're gonna only use the shame button, and we're gonna have a mercy button that we never we've never used. <laughs> well, we have a mercy button too, not just a shame button, but we never use it. Three people being crucified. One of them is Jesus. Okay. He's in the middle. Two men on one on each side. And uh, so I'm, I'm I was focusing the backgrounder on the idea of being forgotten because. The key moment in this passage will be when the one man says to Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Those are the words. Jesus, remember me when, when you, you come, come into, into your, your kingdom. kingdom. That's the only Taze song I know. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about how terrible it is to be forgotten in just in general terms. Um, they, they say there's an epidemic of loneliness or an isolation which has like physical health effects obviously on your spirit on your 
your emotions, but also your, even your body. Um, yeah, so uh, most of us are not completely isolated, but actually I was just in the office a few minutes ago in the parish here, and a lady who was in her 80s came in and she was talking about how difficult it is to live alone, which she does, which it is. I don't live alone, but I can imagine, and I believe that completely. And I think we've all been isolated in different ways, different times in our lives, somewhat. But there are people who are like really isolated. Sometimes there's like no family or friends, no one calls, no one cares. Um, and that's being forgotten. So if we look at the passage that we're going to look at from Luke chapter 23, this, this event in Jesus's life, um, Jesus and those two men are certainly there for all to see. They're not, they're visible. They're in fact on public shame. That's what they're speaking of shaming. They're there so they can be shamed publicly. You're pressing the shame button on Jesus. Pretending to press the shame button. On Jesus. No, on the two guys. Yeah, they're on the same boat. Okay. But in a way they're forgotten, especially Jesus, because no one actually cares. The only people who are like crying out there at that point are like the, the, the rulers, the leaders, and the soldiers. And they're basically just jeering at him. If you truly have the Son of God, come down off that cross. Um, like Jesus had a huge movement following him, and almost all of them are gone including most of the, the men who were the 12 apostles, most of them are gone. So he's been forgotten at that moment, and obviously these two men we crucified with him have been forgotten as well. Um, it's like no one cares, basically. But despite the fact that the one, one guy's really negative about Jesus, says the same thing, if you truly are the Son of God, get us off this cross. The other um, rebukes, that is like criticizes the guy who was negative to Jesus and, and then talks to Jesus directly and says, remember me. And I, I think in order to say, remember me to Jesus, he's seeing a lot of things in Jesus that are pretty remarkable. And he's basically seeing, I would say, three things. Love and compassion. That's the first one. Jesus cares about him. How do you see that? I mean, Jesus himself is dying and he's in physical pain and emotional and spiritual pain. The second thing is, I, I would say that he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, like that little chant you were just using there. When you come into your kingdom, it means that he recognizes Jesus and publicly announces Jesus is the one sent by God to bring about his kingdom, known as the Messiah or the Christ. That's a big deal. But also, kind of obvious, the third thing, he sees a man who's dying just like he is, and Jesus is dying. He's going to die in a few hours. So he, he, he somehow sees that this man has power over death. I mean, it's amazing. So he sees that he's compassionate, He's going to bring about God's kingdom, and he has power over death. And he's announcing this publicly in these words that are recorded in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 23. In other words, he knows that he's not forgotten, even though he himself is dying, a criminal like the others, and he deserves it. We don't even know who this guy is, but he says he says of himself that he deserves to be punished because of the terrible things he's done. He's, he's probably a, a really bad person. What's brought him to this point is like not, is not travel with Jesus, learn from Jesus, witness Jesus's miracles, none of that. But at this moment, he has this miraculous, God-given vision of who Jesus is. And he announces, I think for the first time, that all these three things are true of Jesus. He's love, he's bringing about God's kingdom, but also that he's gonna have power over death. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me because even though you're gonna be dead, I know you're gonna conquer death. And I think that this is an amazing testimony from somebody who's not been part of the regular group of Jesus' followers, which we can talk about more later. But um, Jesus promises this man paradise. And I think it's, it's a good reminder for me in my times of loneliness and isolation, when I feel forgotten, I can turn to Jesus like this man did and trust I'll be answered by him. But it's also a reminder to me 
and if you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that we really need to go out to people who've never heard of him before, don't know Jesus, never heard of him, and are completely forgotten and isolated, because that way at least they, they, they might think, maybe he cares about me, maybe he will remember me. And that's our backgrounder for this week, Sam. Okay, you're going to pray, you're going to read the passage from Luke. Yep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fill us and fill our hearts with your presence, with your life. Help us to listen to you. Help us to receive your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd quiet the stirrings in us, inside us and allow us to be quiet, to be at peace, to receive all that you have to give to us today. Father in heaven, we praise and thank you. We glorify you. Thank you. We recognize that you are the creator, that you are the life giver, that you've given us everything that we have, everything in this universe it comes from you. Everything that's good in our lives comes from you, that you love us, you care about us, and that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, even though we deserved, like the two criminals on each side of him, that we deserved death, that uh, you came and offered us mercy. You came and offered to take our place, to stand in for us, to receive our punishment upon your shoulders. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, and we praise you. Please come to us and be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 23, 35 to 43. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, have you no fear of God, for you are subject to the same condemnation? And indeed, if we have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crime, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And you'll be ready, Sam. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to roll up my sleeves, partly because it's kind of warm in here. Um, I was just thinking of how much hope this gives us in salvation, right? Um, in the mercy that, that Jesus offers us. The mercy button. The mercy button that Jesus offers us. So here's a criminal who, whatever he did, deserve, he deserved to be crucified by his own admission. Yep. You know? <clears throat> and yet at the last moment, he has like the wherewithal to express faith mm -hmm. right just and it's not much 
Like, it's like you said, this guy was not part of the insider group. Maybe he, he probably knew who Jesus was or had heard him, seen him around. But obviously he was living a life of crime. He was not, or maybe he was in prison or whatever. Who knows? Who knows where he was like a week before or two weeks before. Uh, my point is that his statement of faith here is very, very simple. It's not much, but it's sincere, right? And because of that statement of faith, moments before he dies, Jesus says, amen, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And I guess what I'm saying is that there's nothing we can do that is that after which God will not offer us his mercy. Mm. If, if we make that expression of faith, however simple. It's, to me, it's just a sign that, like, that it's available to all of us if we want, right? Mm. His mercy is available to all of us. Yeah. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done that, screwed, screwed up, done that thing, whatever it is, um, he offers us his mercy. And um, part of it is like, I, I think obviously it's humility that this guy has, right? He says to the other guy, do you not have, hey, do you have no fear of God, right? Basically, he does fear God. He's saying like, oh, I'm, I realize now what I've done. Mm -hmm. And then he makes that, uh, that statement of faith, Jesus, yep. you know, remember me, right? And uh, I just, I think that's beautiful. I think it's a great reminder to all of us that are, well, all of us are sinners. Like, you know, I was telling you about August <laughs> saying, uh, you mean like you, Dad, when we're talking about holiness? Which made you feel like you're a sinner? Which made me feel awful because I don't feel holy. <laughs> um, but uh, that uh, there's hope for me and there's hope for all of our viewers, for everyone. Yeah. Even our listeners. Even our listeners. Yeah, our listeners too. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my first one. Yeah, I, I was thinking about what you said as you were talking. I was thinking about this, this term that comes up. You mentioned it, the act of faith. Mm -hmm. This is an act of faith. And I was thinking about how, well, you and I, we do a lot to express our faith and to constitute our faith, which is mainly like going to Mass, praying, trying to follow God's ways. We, we, we do those things. All these things we do. And I'm, I was just kind of thinking about what's the relationship between all these things we do as we're trying to follow Jesus and the simple act of faith. Because simple act of faith by itself draws God's mercy upon this man being crucified. And all these other things that we do are related to faith, but I don't know, what's the connection? Yeah. What like, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean between like people, like someone making many acts of faith well, and okay, a simple but, one. Uh, I just think the sincerity matters. Yeah, so what, why do all the other things is what I'm trying to say. Because people, people ask that question, mm. have asked me that okay. question. Right? Why not just have an act of faith? Why do we do all these things that we do? Right. They kind of oversimplify it, I think, too. Um, I, have, I have thoughts, but I was wondering what you thought. thoughts? Yeah. What do you think? I think, I, I don't think we do it because it changes God, but because it changes us. Okay. It's like, it, the, more we, the more we do that, the more we order our lives toward him. And, and the, the more joy, joy and the more peace we receive. Mm -hmm. um, but... Is it ultimately necessary? You could argue that, for instance, you could argue that every act of worship is necessary. Because God is so deserving of worship, right? right. Like you can't actually worship God too much. But we can put way too much emphasis on some of those external acts of faith. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who's really pious and is always, always showing Going to church, outwardly their yeah. faith. Um, Even doing good works. The, the thing is, is, the works can become the focus and not the interior piety that is supposed to drive them, the, inter the interior right. conversion. Like this man didn't have a lot, had one act of faith, basically. That's it. One act of faith, 
but it revealed something that had happened in his heart. He had decided, he had made a decision. He had, his heart had been changed already when he said this, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus acknowledges that faith, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have people that make many, many acts of faith out of habit, out of routine, but they don't do it with their whole heart. I think that's dangerous. I think it's dangerous because it presumes. We've talked about presumption on this show, I'm sure. I hope so, yeah. Um, there's a sin called presumption, which means kind of expecting God to act in a certain way. As if you deserve it. As if you deserve it. And you've earned it's it. A, right? It's a form of pride. It's like yeah. everything comes from pride, but it's mm -hmm. a form of pride that... Basically, if I do this, A, B, and C, then God will do D. Then God must do D. And God must do D. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, it can be dangerous. It can be like a, a, it's a pitfall that I think cradle Catholics like me are tempted into a lot. People who have been practicing faith in whole life. It can become stuff. habitual. Yeah. And it can, it can stop being an, an actual expression of faith. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe like faith is like a seed. That once it's planted over time it grows so it's not just an individual in individuals but in our whole community like all those people who were unfaithful to christ at that moment who was unfaithful almost all of his followers including most of the most of the, the 12 apostles 10 of them judas already actually had betrayed him to death peter denied him 10 of them were not there they'd run john was there the one of the one of the, the only one of the 12 there and his jesus's mother mary and a few other women that's it of, of the hundreds or thousands of, of people, hundreds or thousands of people who are his followers, they had shown a lack of faith. Yeah. However, like Jesus had not given up on them either, right? I'm just no. thinking about, the, like, what I don't want to do is to, to put down the community of faith and everything that goes with it as irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's It grows out of that seed of faith, but without the seed of faith, it loses meaning. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of think of it like like, um, like flowers. Like right. when you give someone flowers. Right. They're, They're not necessary. necessary. Right. But do, do they make a difference? Do they change things? Yes. Yeah. They do. Right? They, they, they can. can. They can be incredibly powerful. Let's say someone has just lost a loved one and they receive flowers. Sure. They don't, what I'm saying is they don't actually help. They, but they do actually help. Right? And it's partly, it's because of the love, because of the care and the concern right. the person has in the background. That That's why that's meaningful. Not because the flowers themselves are going to help you with your grocery bill or yeah. or help help you feel better. You know, um, so I, that's, what I, that's what I think of, like, when I think of, like, acts of faith, like someone who's so pious and you know that their acts of faith are coming from a heart that is in love with God. Yeah. It's like, they're like flowers. It's like, like... It's, it's just, just like, like an overflowing, an outpouring of that love right. that's being shown, that's being shown in physical ways. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's not bad. Well, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm going to add more. I would caution. Yeah, yeah. Against doing those things for themselves. Okay. So you're married. I'm married. Yep. And as far as I know, what? When I left this morning, I was. You were still married, unless the tribunal of the church has declared your marriage null. You're married. Yeah. Just saying, it was, was when I left this morning. morning. The current state is unknown. No, it's not. Actually, the church is really big on this. You're presumed married. Okay, fine. So, uh, the common analogy oh, is in marriage, but it could, could refer to a parent and child or, or even two friends. Mm -hmm. The love that we have for each other as people, as friends, you and your wife, me and my wife, it's not always at its most intense. Yeah. But... It needs to be from time to time. Like that's why within marriage, or even in, I think I think this is true of friendship. 
or even true of parents and kids. It's like every now and then it's good to say, for me to say to my kids, I love you, which is not something I do a lot because they're adults and it's not what I do, but sometimes I do. It's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit, but, <laughs> but sometimes it's important too. Um, and I mean it. I do all the time. And so how do I show love all the time? And my kids are adults, they don't live at home, is little, little gestures, just talking to them on the phone, going to visit, they come to see us, you know, stuff like that. That's how love is manifest, but it, it's in the heart. Mm-hmm. And if it's not in the heart, none of the rest of that matters at all. However, I do think sometimes the external things that we do can remind us. Yeah. Can kind of bring us back to our hearts and say, you actually love your wife or I actually love my kids. And, you know, so that love is not just uh, an emotion or something that's purely in the heart. It's, it's made visible. We need that as a community. I think that's one thing I would say. This is, this is we're part of a community. And in a community, you, you do things together to remind everyone in the community this is about Jesus. This is about love. This is about this act of faith. So I like I like the idea of like going to mass every Sunday, which I do. Um, is is a it's more than a reminder. It's a it's a re-entry into that encounter with Jesus, and and every act of faith is like that. Yeah, yeah. like like, it, like when, when you're if you and your wife are fighting, fighting sure, there's still things you do that show you love each other. Each other. Sure, right. right? You, you might, might still make bre- make breakfast in the morning for the other person, or make a cup of tea. Yeah, make a cup of tea, or like whatever it is that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even though you've had a fight or whatever, you don't just stop. You you don't just stop acting like you're married because you've had a fight. And it's the same with the church. Like there are times when I come to mass and do not feel like being there. Yeah, that happens quite often. Right. <laughs> um, where I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, and it's. At the same time, I'm not just going through the motions. It's sort of like, almost like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Habit. In a way, habit. Or virtue. Which and are, and the, yeah. that's, why, that's why the mass is like symbols, yeah. like, like fire and things like that. They, they pull us back. They have a way of like bringing us, bringing our, our intention, our faith back. Our hearts back. Our hearts back. Yeah. Um, just because we're like sort of reminded, oh yeah, you know. And it's not like it's not instant. It doesn't happen like magically. I go to mass. I don't feel like being there. And at the end of the mass, I'm like, woohoo! You know, it's not like that. But um, you can see the value in it mm-hmm. in the acts, even even if the intention's kind of absent of that. I think I think our experience of human friendship is like that. Yeah. As, as an analogy, right. and marriage and everything is all. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Um, so my word was the word king, which was in, I wasn't really expecting to think about the word king. I, I was thinking more about remember when I was, because I prepared the background of that way, but remember. it strikes me that I was focusing on the word king because it comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And what the man says, who's the hero of the piece, if you will, is remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the sign above Jesus's head was king of the Jews, right? So there's a weird thing about kings. Um, I've never been in the presence of a king that I can remember, but twice in my life. I saw Prince Charles, 2017 and 2018 and 1987. Uh, and it's kind of a weird, weird thing, because they're, they're very memorable moments. Like uh, whatever you may think of the monarchy, I don't, it doesn't really matter that much. But, but the point is, what strikes me about uh, now King Charles is they're really important people, and I, you kind of remember if you were in an event where the king was present or the prince in this case, because it's like a huge crowd of people and all the stuff going on, all this attention drawn on them. So. Whatever I may have thought individually at that moment was like a big deal. A huge crowd of people are focusing on this one person at the center of this event. So 
the obvious statement I'm trying to make is kings are really important. And the rest of us are not. We're insignificant. And Jesus is such a weird king is what strikes me as I think about this passage. Such a weird king because he does not rule in the way that an earthly king rules or does not pursue the aims of an earthly king of like power, domination, etc., getting people to do whatever his will all the time. He does not impose his will on his followers. He does not lift himself up. In fact, at this moment, which is the climactic moment of his life, is like he's on the same level as these other men who are criminals being crucified. Uh, and I just, I was just thinking about what it means to believe, which this man on the cross does, which followers of Jesus are asked to, is that he's my king. So in some ways, he combines those qualities of like incredibly important, incredibly well-known, which Jesus is obviously, with like at the same time, the reverse of that, the, the humility and humiliation um, that are the opposite of what normally goes with being a king. Uh, that's what I was focusing on. It's kind of a weird king. So if you're going to be his follower, which I'm trying to, and he's trying to. You're going to be a weird follower. You're going to be a weird follower. Yeah. The follower of a weird king. Well, yeah. in, in a weird kingdom. Right. Like, a, like. The chapter before this, when he's talking to Pilate, yep, right. Um, Pilate's pointing out that his followers turned him over and all this, and and he's saying, "My kingdom is not of this world." Right. So when the kingdom, he's and actually, as you were saying that, I was just thinking that uh, this isn't like profound or anything, but like the he had to wear the he's wearing a crown of thorns. Right? Correct. That's that's the crown of his new kingdom. Sure. Is this crown of suffering? This is like the his coronation. Mm -hmm. you know, this is the coronation scene in a way. This is the coronation scene. Yeah, where yeah. he comes into his kingdom. Yep, through this through this terrible mm -hmm. way in this terrible way, but because it was necessary to save us. Yeah, um, but his his kingdom now is everlasting. We're going to celebrate Christ the King. That's that's this Sunday, right? Right. The, yeah, where we recognize that he is the King of a kingdom, not mm -hmm. of the, not of this world. But in this world, in this world, but but um, sort yeah. of, uh, trans transcendent. Yep. So it's just so interesting to me. To like what I mean is, we don't always see his kingship right lived out because we're rebellious. People are rebellious, especially you. We're still no, all of us. We're still the rulers jeering at Jesus, the soldiers jeering at Jesus. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking of is he got these two criminals on left and right. It's almost like in uh, you know the old Looney Tunes cartoons when. Um, there, there was, was like, like a devil and an angel oh, on, yeah, each yeah, side. on their shoulders. <laughs> on the shoulders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a little version of you. Yeah. You know, so who who's alluding to his character? Uh Bugs Sylvester Bunny. Sylvester the Bugs cat. Bunny. Bugs Bunny, sure. And he's got like, you know, a little Bugs Bunny here who's like got devil horns and a little Bugs Bunny here who's got an angel wings. Yeah. And a halo. And he's like, This one's telling you to do good things, this one's telling you giving you bad advice. That's kind of what it's like. It's like we all all of us have Dismas the the good thief's the good the good sometimes. thief's name yeah. was Dismas, and it's funny that you mentioned remember because we remember his name. Sure. Two thousand years later, we remember who Dismas is. Uh, we we know through tradition that that was his name, and they know a little bit about him. I think, right? Not too much, but a little bit. I think they know like who he, where he was born and stuff. Yeah, there are different traditions they, about, about him. His tomb is they didn't find they think they found his tomb anyway. I don't know. My point is, we remember Dismas. The other guy, we don't know. We really don't. Sure. Um, he was forgotten to the ages, but Dismas wasn't because of his faith. Um, anyway, I was just thinking like, it's like, it's almost like 
those two guys are like, you know, the two, the, the angel and demon we have on our shoulders. We're always sort of questioning, doubting God, you know, testing him mm -hmm. on the one hand. And on the other hand, we've got this one of this, this voice, voice of faith. that's like, no, he really is the son of God. He really yep. is the king. We need to trust him. He loves me. Those kinds of things. Right. I think it's kind of funny that way. I think it's really funny. Yeah. I think I think one thing I want to encourage people about is so if you're hearing within yourself negative voices telling you don't believe, don't trust, you got to test him. If he doesn't if he doesn't come through, then he's not really there. Though all those negative things that can go on in anyone's heart, including mine, yeah, I like the word you use the word. We're all rebels. We're yeah. all like those 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 rulers and those soldiers on that day, rebelling against Jesus, our King, and. I would say don't be discouraged by that because that's part of the journey. That's part of like being a follower of Jesus. At the same time, I do think that that's why I think praying is important, even when prayer is not that doesn't seem that fulfilling or fruitful. Because every act of prayer, like going to mass on Sunday or your daily prayer time, your prayer time with your families, with your family, um, is when we we hopefully refocus on the voice of God, the Holy Spirit inspiring us from within to renew that faith and trust in Jesus, which is really hard to keep up, really hard to keep up because human expectations are reversed in this kingdom. Like it's like, yeah. no, no, it's not gonna be like that. And one of the weirdest things to me about being Catholic in particular is that we're like the church of institutional institutions. So like we're super institutions. And I like that in a way because it means we can't pretend that we're like we have clean hands. In the sense, like we're pure, and the rest of the world, you just, you guys are all bad because we're part of an institution that makes a lot of mistakes, sometimes made by us. We've talked about this before, but I think it's worth reminding us: like we're never going to live up to this kingship of Jesus. We just are not, and it's kind of humiliating to be associated with an institution that has so often let people down or even harmed people. But I am, and but in a way, that's only a reflection of my own sinfulness, turning away from Jesus, jeering at him, mocking at him, and saying, okay, actually, I belong there because I am actually rebellious, just like the whole body of, the, mm -hmm. of his followers, like, like those, like Peter and the, and the, and the others who, betray, who left Jesus on that day, who were not faithful to him on that day, yeah. when that man who was a criminal was faithful to him. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. It, it, my whole life is a mixture of being one of the disciples that abandoned him and and being john who's there at the cross the one right? who stayed at the foot of the, the cross stayed at the cross like <laughs> yeah like and i'm a mixture of dismas and, and that other guy whose name we don't know you know like mm -hmm. um the line runs through our hearts as, as the as line runs said through before. our hearts yeah. yeah you know although i'll say another word of encouragement maybe we could kind of wrap up shortly i'll say this is my last thing is the good thing about being part of a community is it's not always up to me I know that sometimes it's Sam, sometimes it's, I was talking to our friend Nikki last night, uh, my wife for sure, first and foremost, there are people who, when my faith is kind of down, their faith lifts me up. When even going to Mass on Sunday, I went to Mass last Sunday, it's not perfect, it's not like spiritually, uh, spiritual high, quote unquote, whatever that would mean, but I look around and I know people there and I say, okay, whatever state my, my heart is today, some of the people here are truly entering into this as an act of faith as a community. So like, I just think it's, it's really good to know that our individual faith is being lifted up by the faith of the truly faithful people around us, even of the saints, like you mentioned Albert the Great, who celebrated yesterday, today, I think his 
Margaret of Scotland and Gertrude the Great, whom I didn't really follow, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't really know much about them. But it's like these two holy women from a long time ago, and we're still connected to them spiritually, and their faith is still lifting our faith up. I, I actually find that very encouraging that the saints and holy men and women of the past and of the present are, are on the journey with me. Yep. That there are some among us who are like really faithful to God, and, and they, they carry the rest of us along, mm -hmm. when, when, especially when I'm, I'm low in my faith. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my thought. They're helping me focus on Jesus, my King, when I have a hard time doing that. Right. Anything else, Sam? No, I don't think so. I think we've summarized it very well. Yeah, I think, um, well... <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. I think we summarized it very well. Um, I guess I was just thinking what I would say to seekers in regards to this reading. Yeah. I, I Last week I spoke at the, the Light on Main, and I, I said something to this effect. This is the community meal. Light on Main is a community meal, and they always have a little pres Bible presentation at the start, and so I gave it last week. And um, I can't read. It was my re the reading I chose was from First Thessalonians. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, I basically said a lot, something along the lines of, "If um, most of us, if we were to pause and really quiet ourselves, any of us, we would we would maybe, I well not maybe. I think we we realize that there's more. That there's like this hidden kingdom that we." Hmm can't see necessarily all the time. Sometimes we get caught up in like the negatives, like the, the bad things happening around us, the bad things happening to us, but that there's like, there's more, there's like this kingdom that we can belong to that, that you can't see. I, I guess I would say like, listen to your heart. Your heart knows. Your heart knows that, like that. that it exists. And, yes. um, and that all it takes, this is the best part is that all it takes is that, that small, very small act of faith. Make that act of faith today. However, whatever it is, because God is like not way out there. He's like, like literally can hear you when you whisper. So there you go. That's Thank all. you, Sam. I'm glad you said that. I appreciate it. So we're going to end our time with a prayer. Yeah. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, the simple act of faith of making the sign of the cross reminds me that your son Jesus was on a cross for hours suffering and dying, mocked and jeered at, wearing a crown of thorns, a mockery of his actual kingship. I ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit on all of us, listening, watching, sharing this, um, this passage today, that we too will be like that man, Dismas, who in our hearts discover that we can truly say yes to Jesus, Come, Holy Spirit, and inflame all of us with this incredible desire for you, for the Father and for the Son, for Jesus. Uh, uh, give us the gift of faith that allows us to say yes and help those who do not yet have the gift of faith to find that place in their hearts. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for watching, everyone. Mercy. 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 No mercy button. Only... Uh... Shame button. <laughs> Coming next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next week, hopefully. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.